Yes, yes, yes. This is The Butcher Shop. I am The Butcher Boy, Joe Shasky, joined with John Joe Curley. Once again, you can find us on iTunes at The Butcher Shop. Rate, review us, tell a friend to tell a friend. That's how this thing grows on the backs of the spoken word. The 49ers and the Raiders clashed in the final battle of the Bay last night, and I was there in attendance. John Curley, you were not. You were at home, and so we're going to have differing opinions when it comes to the atmosphere and whatnot. But so many takeaways from this. We're going to talk about Kyle Shanahan. We're going to talk about John Gruden and the Raiders. We're going to talk about the Raiders exiting the Bay Area in general. And more importantly, the vibe at Levi's we're going to bring up. But I want to start with CJ, Beathard, and Nick Mullins. For the last couple of weeks since Jimmy Garoppolo went down, this entire 49er franchise has felt very hollow. John, I mean, it's it's been really difficult. You and I have had to do podcasts. We've had to do post-games, pre-games. And I just... Going back to the first radio hit we did, you, Bonte, and myself, I told you, I just don't see it from C.J. Beathard. I don't see the decision-making. I don't see the anticipation. I don't see the arm talent. And I just don't see the feet. I'm big on quarterback's feet. You got to have good feet. I don't like guys with cement feet. Now, I'm not saying Nick Mullins is the next coming of God. I'm not saying he's the next Brett Favre. But it was nice to see him get the nod yesterday, even though C.J. was healthy enough to be suited up. He couldn't play. I'm watching them in the pregame warm up, okay? I'm watching how they throw their ball. And CJ throws maybe a nicer ball, but it's a very different ball, a very different ball. Nick Mullins was throwing kind of more of an elevated higher ball, got a little lower where the ball, the, the, the head of the ball, the tail of the ball spins down. CJ throws almost like a kind of dart. And, and it's nice. It's got a real nice spiral to it. But it was just a different ball overall that they were throwing. And that was something that I was looking at because I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Nick Mullins, not seeing a lot of tight spirals and not a lot of deep stuff. But I could see on the warm-ups alone, he just has better feet. Now, going into the game, I was like, dude, this is a must-win for the 49ers. You cannot lose to the Raiders at home. Levi's, when they're leaving, I think you said that the the all-time record between the two was what, 6 and 7? 7 and 6, yeah. 7 and 6, the Raiders were were one game up. And yep. so, you know, I know the Raiders are quote-unquote tanking and trying to lose, but I wanted this game. Did you want this game heading into I it? I absolutely wanted this game. It's the be- that's the best part about rivalries. You you throw out the win-loss record. Yeah. You get to get the the best of the best. Absolutely. Rivalry games. You love the Giants Dodgers. When Giants are out of it, absolutely. you still get the best kind of baseball you can. Same thing with rivalry. Same thing with baseball. No. Or football. Same thing exactly. Now, going back to the summer, you and I spoke and we were talking about, I don't know, Gruden, Gruden, what's going to happen here? And you were the first person that said to me, and you broke down film. Tell everybody here what you did for the Raiders last year. So we did the Raiders in 60 here. Last At 95 7 the game. At 95 7 the game. And okay. you sit there and you mark every play possible. Penalty. So you're marking close to 200 plays a game. And you did that for the whole season? Whole season. Okay. From week one to week 17. And why did you think that the Raiders were going to just absolutely struggle all year? You predicted what, 4-12? and I'm 4-12. and Now, this was in August before Khalil Mack was traded. This was before, this was the day of the John Gruden press conference. Unbelievable. Said they would not, I do not know if they can recover from the John Gruden hire. I do, I have them at four wins. I don't think Gruden makes it to Vegas. And I don't think the first... First overall pick is out of reach. Dude, that's a lot of hot takes all in yep. one. Let's unreal. Let, okay, let's. Why did you think that the roster was garbage? Because you looked at every single play last year, and I'm just curious. Because yeah. to me, I'm looking. This team made the playoffs the year prior to last year, yeah. and I was like, they got a lot of pieces. I really like Amari Cooper, Derek Carr. You know, my buddies ripped me because I used to rip Derek Carr hard. I said, I just don't see it. I don't see it. And when he had that big year, my buddy John Delicella came down my roads like, see, he told you Derek Carr's good, and I was like, eh. 
I don't know, man. And then obviously Khalil Mack's absolute superstar. When they traded him, I was like, what are they doing? Why wouldn't you trade one of the offensive linemen? I still don't know what the hell they were doing. There's no explanation for it. The draft picks will never come to fruition, right? They're never going to be as good as Khalil. Khalil's going to the Hall of Fame. Right. Right? So, and then why, why did you think Gruden was going to fail on the front end? He was a conservative play caller back in the day. And it, when you're bringing that kind of style, and no matter what, Butch, no matter what you do, if you're away from something for 10 years, yes, he was around the game. Yes, he got to But that's different game. from being in the game he, and adjusting. He, he never created and tried to execute a game plan for 10 years. That's crazy. Sure, he could talk to every coach in the league. Sure, he could sit there and watch the film. Until you actually go out and do it. I agree. It's absolutely impossible to do something after 10 years away. I know. I know. I could not understand it. Well, so he's sitting on the sidelines in the pregame, and people are worshiping him like he is a god. Raider fans thought he was the golden parachute, right? They thought that he was going to just touch down and make everything good. And so when that game opens up yesterday, I felt like, and I know the backstory, Kyle's dad, Mike, fired. Famously by Al Davis. No love lost there. Obviously played for the Denver Broncos, excuse me, coached for the Denver Broncos for many, many, many years. Who's their number one rival? The Chiefs and the Raiders. And so tons of animosity between Kyle and Gruden and the Raiders and just the backstory. And now Kyle was a young assistant on a Gruden staff at one point in his career. And it felt like to me that that opening drive was the young buck with the third string quarterback. Marching down the field, chunk play after chunk play after chunk play, and it was like double FU right across the bow of Gruden. What did you think of that first drive? That's exactly what it was. That's exactly the best way to put it. That was phenomenal. It was awesome, wasn't it? Was phenomenal. It? And I love the way that they rolled out Nick Mullins, who's obviously got a little athleticism, get his, his blood flowing, get his heart pumping, roll him out to the field, give him easy throws. I thought guys were wide open. And you just get the feel of Shan- Shanahan knows the feel of the game. Absolutely. He, he didn't let Mullins think about it too much. No. He sat there. No huddle. Let, let's just let it rip. How, who's been Ab- saying about the whole no huddle all year? absolutely let it rip. Who's been telling you about the no huddle all year? It, you I, said it. You've, this been, you've team, been begging for it. This team needs to run more no huddle. And and another key aspect of that first couple drives, Matt Breida cutting back, his vision. I'm, I'm not trying to throw this out loosely, but it's one of the guys that I admired, okay, and this is the all-time greatest running – well, one of the all-time greatest running backs – but I see a, a trait, not the whole skill set, just a trait that Brita has. He reminds me with the patience and the vision to see a hole when no one is there. No, Emmett Smith. I'm going to go Emmett Smith. Wow. And I think it's the number 22 thing, and it's the size. Emmett wasn't the biggest guy, but Emmett had great feet. And when Emmett would see just the tiniest little hole, he would boom, 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 knife through it. And then the next thing you know, he cuts back. And he's got just enough foot speed to beat a safety around the corner, beat a linebacker, and get that extra yardage. And I'm telling you, there's something special about Matt Breida. I totally thought you were going to go on Frank Gore there. Oh Well, you know, I think he's faster than Frank. I think he does, but with his vision and his running style. That's a great compliment, I, though. I, I, that's, that's one of the best of all time. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and I think what, what both Emmett Smith and Frank Gore share in common is that physically they're not the largest, strongest dudes. Like, they're not the Adrian Petersons. They're not the uh, Todd Gurley's, where you look at him like, that's a physical specimen. These guys were smaller guys, wouldn't you say? Totally random fact, first thing. <laughs> I promise myself when Frank Gore goes to the Hall of Fame, I will be there. Well, we're going. Where you are absolutely getting our take. Okay, I love that. Five years from now. All five, right, I five like it. Five years from the day he retires. I love it. I, will, I absolutely I love it. I will be at Ken. I love we will. that. We will be at I'm going to get you to Levi's before then. But, you know, I, I got to say, I'm walking through that parking lot yesterday. and So how was it? We're, uh, first, so 
Well, let, let, let's wait. Well, let's let's tease that. Let's yeah. tease that. We're going to talk about the atmosphere in a second. Let's continue on Nick Mullins because cool. I thought this was a coming out party for this guy. You hear all the Brett Favre comparisons and this and that. Look, was he Cinderella for one night and he's going to turn back into a pumpkin? I don't know. But for one night, it was special. And to see him do that now, he did throw an interception in the red zone that got dropped. Yeah, right in there, it got dropped. But I thought the decision making on holding the ball until Kendrick Bourne cleared to get into that other window in the early second quarter, I was great. Great patience by a young quarterback. I love Nick Mullins because of his release. He had a quick release. He had a Jimmy G-esque type of release. Yes. But you know what you remind me of most? Huh. I just could not get that with Sean Hill. Really? It wasn't the sexiest, yeah. but it got the job done. Absolutely. I thought he had really good feet. Just like good yeah. feet, good yeah. visions. And when I mean feet, I don't mean you have to scramble for a thousand yards. Just being able to move in the pocket yeah. just enough to buy yourself a clean look. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I also thought that he led receivers well. There was a very nice play between him and Garcon on the rollout where he threw it up and over the top. Now, Garcon was open, but in weeks past, C.J. Beathard would have taken the check down option, which on that play I think was Kyle Juszczyk in the (laughs) flat. Who Both guys were open, but instead Mullins took the deep ball and took that touchdown. Thank you. And Garcon had a really nice game. And even when the pressure was coming at him, you can even see he went sidearm. It was unreal. He, he knew how to adjust it. Oh, was that on that it. little Kittle screen? That, was, that was really nice. Beautiful. It was like a shortstop throw. pressure, boom, right yeah. to the side. It was perfect. It really was. And I just felt like Shanahan was so dialed in on the play calling. And when you think about this matchup, it was a Thursday night matchup. You didn't have any practice time. You no. didn't really have an, uh, an opportunity to install some eloquent, sophisticated design or, or, or play scheme. And I just felt like Shanahan had the upper hand on them all night. Now, I look. I know the Raiders are tanking. I get that. But Gruden came in originally, and he was here to win. You you cannot look me in the eye and tell me he didn't want to win that game. For the city of Oakland. Absolutely. He, he, he absolutely did. Absolutely. He had that game circled. I love it. If you're going to lose all your games and you're going to win that one, yes. we always talk about like back in the day, we always had to beat the Cowboys yeah. the Niners. It was that game. The Raiders versus Niners, you had to win that one. And especially given the context of where the Raiders are right now, dismantling their team, moving out of the area, you know, there's just so many elements when you peel the onion back on why the Niners had to win that game. Yeah. They had to. The and last it, time. And, and and when you get flexed out on primetime the week oh. prior or two weeks prior with L.A., they couldn't flex you out of this game. Yeah. And so you had to show something. And I was really, I was happy for the Niners. I was really happy for Kyle. I was really both. After I saw that picture of him in Arizona. How sad was he? Uh, Dejected. It was the anti-Bill Walsh where Bill. It was exactly that. Bill Walsh, uh, famously in the Super Bowl, was sitting down so calm and collective before the game. He wanted his entire team to be calm and he's taking a nap. You know, and he's yeah. just deep in thought. And that other one of Kyle, it looked like a dude who was losing his mortgage and his wife was divorcing him, didn't it? I mean, it looked horrible. I felt bad. The guy had jet black hair at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I'm starting to see the little salt and pepper look, by yeah. the way. Doesn't it always look like Kyle Shanahan has a fresh fade? He always looks every, like he has a haircut every time I see him. Every on the time, right? He's the he looks like he should be at the Shannon. Doesn't he? <laughs> Doesn't he? Like if you walked into the Philly Club, he'd be at the end of the bar, right? He's sitting there watching the big screen. He would. He really would. I don't I just love it. And then in the you know, the, the Niners just rolled them defensively. I, I thought, look, I don't care if Colton Miller's garbage. I don't care if the other tackle Parker is garbage. I wanted to see something from Solomon Thomas. I thought he had a great game, and that's a big step forward. You should be dominating these garbage tackles. Yeah. Cassius Marsh, that's game of his life. That's game of his yeah. life, okay? He, he was impressive last night. Absolutely impressive. And here's my number one takeaway. My number one takeaway defensively 
Fred Warner, I told my boy Rocco, we we're sitting down, I said, watch 48. He's real athletic and little, though. Bowman was very different from Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis was big and strong, and he was going to meet that fullback head on and plow him, okay? That's not who Bowman was. Bowman was that nifty, kind of like Swiss Army knife, who would kind of, he I call it wiggle. He'd shake a, a, a lineman before he could engage with him, and then knife underneath him, contort his body, and make the tackle. Yeah. All right? I'm seeing those same instincts and anticipation on run plays from Warner. I'm also seeing the, the range. He was on the opposite side of the field, knifed over, evaded two or three linemen, and made a stop, and then a sure-handed tackle multiple times in the flat. Uh, just to me, Fred Warner, and I'm, I'm, I, I think he deserves recognition as the defensive rookie of the year. And I'm dead serious. He's going to lead the league in tackles, I think. I really do, as a rookie, okay, because this defense has been very porous. And if you go back to week one and you were to give a gold star to whoever played the best on defense, now I know we've had some horrible performances, I bet you he's got six or seven gold stars out of the nine weeks. I don't think that's out of possibility, but if, if we're talking rookie, defensive rookie of the year, yeah. Derwin James. Oh. You know what? I hadn't even considered him. That's Overall. a great call. And they're going to go to the playoffs. That's a really good call. But don't you think Fred Warner deserves some, he some pub? He does. I mean, if you put Fred Warner on a, a more elite team, I think he shines even more. How about that play where he came rushing in, had the presence of mind to jump in the air and bat that ball down? Yeah, and that's what you love about it. Coming out of college, that's what he did. He, was, he could be safety. Yep. He could be linebacker. And you just saw the instincts. He's used to be on the house hash marks. Yeah. He's used to playing outside in space. And he just knows where he is on the football field. Absolutely. He always finds the ball. Fred Warner's going to be a player for this team. Absolutely. And they need, to. They need a hit on this pick. Absolutely. And and if it's anything of last night, Niners got to steal in the third. Another oh, third-round pick. For he's a first-round talent. I'm being real. He's a first-round talent. And I think more than anything— I noticed he was communicating more yesterday in between snaps more than he had all year. The whole team was. Oh, no, I know. And Sherman, yeah. I thought Sherman, I don't know if you had seen it on the television, but just watching in between snaps, Sherman was really getting like the guys fired up. I'm telling you right now, Richard Sherman is becoming one of my favorite 49ers of all time. I know this is a lost season, and I, I, this, I'm this i not saying this lightly. I mean this, when Dante Whitner came to the Niners— he was a guy that I pointed out, and I was like, I love Dante Whitner. He will always be a Niner in my heart because he, the way he played the game, I appreciated. And he was just a stand-up dude, and he was just a gentleman. And the way he conducted himself on the field, in the postgame, on the sidelines, just the ultimate pro, coach on the field. And that's the way I'm looking at Richard Sherman. And I'm just, I'm so excited that they have him. Has he lost a step? Yeah, he's lost a little step. The guy can still play, though. The guy can still play, and he's just... Just got back from this injury. Let's give him another six to eight months of full recovery. I think that he's going to go to the Pro Bowl. I think he's been a phenomenal addition for this team. And one of the things I noticed that he was doing with Fred Warner was Fred Warner was dropping back into coverage, and Sherman was telling him how far to go back because they didn't want to. I felt like this team has given up so many screen plays. Yeah. For first downs. And I and I, I can notice the two of them conversating. Powell was playing in the box a lot. Okay? A lot. He's not that good. No. I don't think Powell's that good. I think you definitely need to get a safety. Earl Thomas, I'm targeting you in the offseason. I don't care if he's lost a step. I'm bringing Earl Thomas. I need a veteran back there. A communicator. The single high safety thing, I'm, I'm not sold on that. Because, yeah. you know, the Raiders don't have a very viable op- uh, offense. But I really like the progress from Fred Warner, Solomon Thomas, uh, Cassius Marsh played really good. Now, I don't think he's a long-term keeper. No. But he's definitely a solid placeholder. And then the guy that kind of came out of nowhere this year and has really come on in the last four weeks is Ronald Blair. I really like what I'm seeing from Ronald Blair. And then Dakota Watson. Where did that come from? I have no idea. 
I was stoked for him, though. Yeah, I was too. I didn't like that he was wearing 97. That's Bryant yeah. Young's number. Yeah, that, that should have been retired. Right? That, and that's like, I don't, I don't want to go on a tangent, but that's that's where the York's ownership missed. They don't get it. Things like things of that nature. I, I totally agree. And it's just like, how can you be so blind? It's it's right there in front it's of you. It's BY. I know. He's the last link to the championships. If we say it, we're going to get worked up, but that's. That's like one of the things you missed. No, I totally agree. And and it was just it was nice to see so Dakota Watson. How young is he, Curly? What's the, what's the deal on Dakota Watson? Early thirties for sure. Oh, so he's an older guy. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'll interesting. I'll fact, I'll fact check. Yeah, that. interesting because you know he's he's a guy that I never really thought highly of. He's a guy that I did special teams ace. Yeah, you know, but I like he looked great in the limited amount of snaps he was playing yesterday. Buckner, I thought, played really well on the inside. Rodney Hudson's a Pro Bowl center. You can say what you want about their offensive line. I think Rodney Hudson will end up being the Pro Bowl selection for the Raiders this year. Uh, the other thing is, oh my God, Gruden and the play calling. It was 1975. It was not, yep. everything was a three step drop back with a slant. Dakota Watson's 30. He's 30. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I really liked what they were in the in the second half. Okay, the second half, Niners come out, they score a touchdown right away or a field goal, whatever it was, to go up thirty-one to three at the time. And Gruden comes out and runs the ball twice. What the hell was that? How about when he went for a field goal later? Oh, that was unbelievable. I, I was like, I was just doing the math myself, and I thought I was doing it wrong. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, no, 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 wait, why is he doing a field goal here? It did not add up at all. Made no sense. The decision making, and then you finally see him going after Paul uh, Gunther. Paul Gunther on the sideline. Why? Paul, you, you, Leon Hall is your number one cornerback. He's like 50. Yeah. Frosty Ruckers on your D-line. Oh, Frosty Ruckers is still playing. It's, it's disgusting. Their roster is disgusting. You say what you want about the Niners and how frustrated we are with them not playing young guys. Okello played a lot of that game yesterday. A lot of that game. They're playing Leon Hall at the number one cornerback and rotating Gary and Conley out. That's, wow. He was a first-round player. I mean, I just don't get, I don't get any of their roster decisions. You see a lot of their misses. You see Carl Joseph. I, I'm not gonna lie, Butch. If the tra- if the trade deadline was moved back a week and it was this coming Tuesday, yeah. that last after that performance, Gruden would ship a ton of people out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean you, was- the guy that you look at. That there's this all this talk today about oh you know the Raiders wanted McGlinchey, you know, and McGlinchey looked really good yesterday, especially on that Mozart run. By the way, the Mozart arm injury. Oh my God! First off. Most disgusting arm injury I think I've ever seen. So I knew something happened right away because you can hear the scream. It looked like a rubber band snapped. I mean, uh, you hear the scream go down. Really? Uh, from the TV, and then you hear it right away. And I thought it was a leg at first. So what? Oh, he just like landed and planted on yeah, it? Yeah, he bounced out left. Because I only saw it in slow mo. He bounced out left, uh-huh. and right away you can hear the high pitched scream uh, coming through your TV. And that was like, with Bryant Young. When Bryant Young broke his leg, you could hear it up in the stadium. You could yeah. hear him screaming, and the place went. Dead silent, you know, to see that, you know, the legend. Now, Mozart's not a legend. But Mozart showed some burst, showed some getty up. And I know. And we just see the thing that we've been clamming for for so long. We want that speed back. Absolutely. And the Mozart. game breakers. We don't need that three yards in a cloud of dust. No. Alfred mean, Morris is so slow. Oh, man. How about the pitch to the outside late in the fourth? I'm like, what are we doing? We saw. I saw him last night running. I'm like, He's so just- slow. This isn't even a closer. I don't even know what the hell this is. He do, we, we need another running back. That's obvious. Yes. So Jeremy McNichols or somebody's going to get called up. I just thought it was really nice, and I know that there's Team Tank out there. I, I, I hear you guys. You're like, oh, they need to get the best run. No. This team needed a win for Kyle Psyche. Absolutely. This team needed a win for the development of some of the young players. 
Would you rather lose or win and have McGlinchey take a huge step forward? Have Fred Warner take a huge step forward? I want all these guys. You can find talent anywhere in the draft. Oh, but you one slot gets you a better. Okay, you could still trade up. You could trade back. You still got to find people. We talk about the Raiders. Oh, they wanted McGlinchey. But instead, they reached on Colton Miller, who yeah. looks like a bust. Yeah. You know who was staring them right in the face? Derwin James. Derwin James. Yep. So there are players to be had at other positions. That doesn't mean you have to reach on a position. And it's not like the Niners are like, they just need one guy at this one spot. They need everything. They need a massive shopping spree. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, if I'm going to start to do some early free agent wish list, number one on my list is Jadavion Clowney. I want to go to the 3-4. I want Jadavion on one side. I want... Ruben on the other outside. I want Ruben setting the edge. I really do. Curly, I'm telling you, schematically, they need to go to a 3-4. Stop this single high safety. You don't have a single high safety. I, I, I don't understand why teams in this in this stage in the NFL in 2018, I don't get why you don't play a 3-4 defense. It's the number one, it's 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 the number one defense out there. You don't know who's coming, where they're coming from. It makes no sense to Pass me. Pass so, rush, wide receiver we need. I still want a veteran quarterback in here. Corner? Quarter. Quarter. So who would you be looking at? Tyrod Taylor. I like that pick. Yeah, I don't want, I like that. I don't want someone who's going to turn over the and ball. And he's mo- he's very mobile. He can help out. He I play. think he can win a couple games. I, I just want a safe option. It's I didn't get clarification on the stat. Yeah. But about a about a month ago when James Harrison was on one of the TV programs and he said it's about sixty to seventy percent when you have an ACL tear that you will re injure it. I don't know how true it is, but wow. if that is true, the Niners need to have a backup option. Because if really? they want to take that next step next season, and something got you know, knock on wood. If something happens yeah. to the starter, you need something. You need an option. Well, I would say this: you know, Shanahan's now won games with the 49ers. He has eight wins. It's with three different quarterbacks. Yes, and two of them are god awful. Okay, I mean, let's be real. Nick Mullins, he played great last night. We will see what happens. Not that good. But you have to start Nick Mullins next week, though. Of course, Might against it. the New York Jets. Hey, that's a winnable game. How? I want to win that game. So I got this free. So it was a few weeks ago when they wanted. The- the story came out from Adam Schefter mm-hmm. that they wanted the NFL front office wanted the Niners to trade for Nick Foles. Okay, and Shanahan one kind of had a laugh like, if we're playing for ratings, like maybe we think about doing that. But that's when you Super Bowls. Yeah, how much is the NFL placing a call after last night? Be like, we need a story like this. Yeah, I a think a kid it, who's in. Did you, did you hear the Aaron Andrews story? It was unbelievable. Nick, Nick Mullen. Yeah, and Brett Favre coming out and talking to him. Well, it was that one? But then during the game. Oh no, no, tell it to me. During the game, they said Nick Mullins when the stadium is empty. He gets the play call, the play call sheet that Kyle Shanahan has, and he and he simulates every play that he called during that game through his head. Really? Because they always said throughout the broadcast, they kept saying repeatedly, he knows this offense, Mullins that is, as good as Kyle Shanahan. Really? And they kept saying, well, what what did he do to learn it so fast? Because yeah. Matt Ryan said in the past, takes two years to learn this system. He goes, after every game, he sits in the stadium empty and goes through the play call sheet at every play that he called in order. That's interesting. I, that is awesome. It really is. And and you gotta love his story. I mean, you gotta love oh, his story. It's phenomenal, it man. is. And and the other thing I heard from Joe Staley in the post game was that going back to the first preseason game of the year when he had that comeback victory against the Cowboys, all of the first stringers usually are disengaged on their phone, chilling, no no jersey, you know, they got their uh, sweatpants or whatever on, they've gotten out of their their game day attire, because it's a preseason game. Sure. I heard they were all standing up, clapping for him on that comeback because he's really legitimately won over everyone on that roster. They don't think that he's the next coming to Christ. They just think he's earned this opportunity for where he's at right now. The kid has it, and I don't know what it is. Hey, even if it's a backup. I mean, Jeff Garcia came out of nowhere. Absolutely. And I'm not saying he is Jeff Garcia, but you know what? On the the big-time stage against a horrible team— 
Dude balled. Straight up. He balled. That was better than any C.J. Beathard game. Yeah. Cleaner. Yeah. The clean, the, what was the best game that you could think of, C.J.? Was it the Giants or Washington? Yeah, probably the Washington game, I think, was his best. The Giants were just so bad. They were. So bad. The, the only negative, I would say, is that there is a few... Uh, little tweaks between him and the running backs. You could tell he was on the wrong side yeah, on a yeah. couple of them. It looked but like he his... had the ability to roll out. And he made a play out he of that. Play, you know, yeah. he impromptu. Another time, uh, he looked like he got his feet tangled up with yeah. uh, Brita or whomever it was. And then when he stretched out, he tried to stretch out too wide. Yeah, but you know what? They're not the back-breaking interceptions or hits or sacks that we've been having. It was nice to watch a game where there wasn't turnovers. Yes. And flags. Oh my God! Thank it was a God. Clean game. Yes. Finally. Yes. I thought Bilal or Bilal Powell. I thought Powell made an interception on that one. It goes right through his hands, yep. and I, the Raiders get a huge play. Question for you, because you know half the Bay Area is happy, half the Bay Area is upset. Yeah. I don't want to get off track here, but how much do you blame Derek Carr for that loss, if at all? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very disappointed in Derek Carr. But no, he, no ownership. But that offensive line. Okay. That was brutal. Run some up tempo. Yeah. Run some no huddles. Show yeah. some leadership. Yeah. You know, move some guys in motion. Mar- Mar- okay, I'll tell you this right. Martavis Bryant, this say is- what you want. He's the best athlete on the field. I'm watching oh, him. He's a monster. Out of college, man. You I, watch his tape. If, just if watch him now. Yeah. He's a beast, and yeah. no one can really guard him. And he doesn't touch the ball, but what, twice, three times? Jared Cook, two targets. Yeah. And who's having probably the best season of his career. Absolutely. I thought that Carr was very indecisive when that short hitter wasn't there. Yeah. And I also think the offensive line gave him no gave him no time, but he's so skittish. I mean, he's so he sees ghosts when they're not even there. I'm off the car thing. I I'm I they're gonna have to move him in the offseason. I mean, uh, you have to. You have yeah. You, I mean, it's not working now. You have to. And he needs to change the scenery. You know, he needs I think they both do. I think the franchise and him. Oh, the, the Raiders? Yeah. So let, that brings me into the next one. And we're gonna we're also going to talk about uh, just Levi's in general. But sure. I want to talk about just the vibe last night at yeah. Levi's. Yeah, what was it like? Well, you know, I was anti-Levi's for so long, right? And and rightfully so. You know, they moved out of the city. I was hurt. Felt like the York ownership kind of played the diehard fans and wanted to be the kings of their own realm down there and build a what I would call a pyramid because a pyramid is a tomb. Uh to their own glory, right? And it wasn't the Niners' glory. It was the York glory. You know what I mean? Yep. And I felt like it was built on the backs of the season ticket holders and the loyal fan base and Harbaugh when they were good. And I felt like they parlayed five seconds of success into a lifetime of profit. And it really bugged me. But I went back down there reluctantly. I reluctantly went down there for work. And I got to say, Curly, because I... I love going to the games. I know, man. Watching them live, there's nothing like it. I do, and I got the bug back. Now, is the stadium flawed? Absolutely. It's flawed. It should not be down there. The design sucks. It's freaking hot as hell. Yesterday, it was... I'm not, I've been to so many Monday night games. I would be draped in a beanie, sweatshirt, oh, coat. The wind would be cutting right oh, through you. Oh, my goodness, right? You'd have to get so loaded. Who, who has the blanket? Yeah, exactly. Very good knowledge. But yesterday was 70-something degrees in the fourth quarter. I saw women in Daisy Dukes. I saw a guy. I was wearing shorts. My boy Rocco was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Like, it was gorgeous. Now, that's nice Yeah. for that Sunday 1 o'clock game when it's 90 degrees down there. It was 91 in the parking lot at 4 o'clock when I got there. 91. 91. So, now, brings me to the the Levi's thing first, and then we'll talk about the Raider-Niner dynamic for this particular game. Levi's is a flawed stadium. There's lots of things I would do to improve it. I, I've told you about the statues. I think they bricked on the statues. Yeah. 
They look, Dwight and Joe look like the Terminator. They're too shiny. They're too new. It's not art. It should look like it's been there hundreds of years, yeah. like the Giants once. AT&T. They look like Civil War statues. They're on platforms, right? Yeah. So they stand above the crowd. So if there's thousands of people in the plaza, you could say, meet me at the Willie Mays statue, and you can look up, and that's the one thing you see amongst the sea of people. That's not like that right now, and, and I just don't like it. I don't like it. They need to put a Bill Walsh statue overlooking the field in the open corridor in the south end, in the north end zone. Love it. Okay, and, and I want him with his hand on his, on his chin where he's looking out at the field with the headset yep, on, and he's just he's, he's thinking and watching, almost as if he's overwatching the franchise because, to me, as great as Eddie D was, Bill created this franchise right. and turned them into what they are. And it just – the stadium will never – replicate what candlestick was no but last night i did think was a giant step forward for the soul of of levi's for the soul of the franchise for for the longest time there's been so much apathy and there's been fake generic pride in levi's and fake love and we've told oh this is the biggest game in levi's i thought last night now I haven't been to all the games down at Levi's, so maybe someone else can can have a differing opinion, and they're they're entitled to that. I thought that was the first positive step forward for the community of the Bay Area, for the Niners and their fans, for Shanahan, for everyone. I thought that that stadium popped last night. The, the electricity was there. How was it through your television? Through the television, it was it seemed like a normal game. Okay, it, it didn't have the buzz. It didn't have the buzz. Didn't feel like it. Okay. Um. There were empty seats throughout. Okay, you can see because the place was packed. Was it? Oh my god, the plaza was, dude. There, there was thousands of people on the plaza. You had to like knife through like old candlestick style. How was it getting in? I heard it nightmare stories. Well, I got in early. We I like to get in early and watch warm ups uh, now because back in the day I used to tailgate, drink to the last minute, and then sure, walk sure. in. Not anymore. Now I'm an older man. I go in. We'll just pay for some beers. Me and my buddy Anthony sat and I actually went with Bonte and his girl. I drove her down. Um, we hooked up with Bonte down there and. We had a great time. We had a great time. And it was weird. I think because the Bay Area, and I think this is my overarching point about just football in general in the Bay Area and Bay Area. There's so many transplants now that live down here that 15 years ago, if you went to the Candlestick or a Coliseum, you would see 30 or 40 Niner fans at a tailgate. Then you'd see at a Niner Raider game. Then you'd see a pocket of 20 or so Raider fans. But you wouldn't see a lot of cross-mingling. You'd maybe have one Raider fan amongst a sea of Niner fans. One Niner fan amongst a sea of Raider fans. Yeah. It was very clicky. Almost gang mentality. Now, I'm not saying that the gang stuff is, is totally evaded Levi's because there was there were some thugs out there, but it was a safe environment last night. And my overarching theme was that Niner fans and Raider fans, because the local diehard Bay Area longtime resident is a dying breed, I felt like last night was one of those this is the last time we as a community are going to come together and and have like a, a joyful rivalry. And there was a mutual respect amongst the fan bases. Does that That's make awesome. sense? That is awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And I seen so many dudes that were boys, like two dudes, Raider fans, two dude Niner fans going in together. Yeah. Sitting together, giving each other grief, you know, and talking smack, but in like a playful, loving way. And in much, there was so much more love than there was hate. And that's the way I would put it. Like, yeah, there was the Raiders. You know, those obnoxious jerks that are that are kind of looking to stir it up and, and sure. get in a fight. And there's just as many awkward, annoying Niner fans that are like that. But I would say 99% of that stadium was there to have a great time and come together as a community to party. And to me, I thought it was a huge step forward. But it was also really sad 
because I felt like everyone realized this is never going to be the same. No. We're not going back to the collie. We're not going back to the stick. The the old way of this is our teams, the Bay Area, and then it's gone. And the tech bros have infiltrated us, especially when it comes to going to Levi's. But I saw an old school diehard fan base from both and a lot of new fans. There were a lot of new fans, but everybody came together. And I thought I was really proud to be a Bay Area resident because it was so civil. And I know the Internet shit. Oh, there was, you know, 20 arrests and three different fights. I can tell you from my experience, I was super safe. There were tons of security there. I didn't see any personal fights. I saw some on the lower bowl. There's always going to be a couple morons when there's 70,000 people coming together drinking all day. Yeah. But it was really part sad, part joyous yesterday. And I had a great time. And I could feel the tide starting to turn on Levi's. I'm not saying it'll ever be like Candlestick because it will never be that. It won't. I'm just saying that I think I'm coming around on it a little more. And I'm less... I'm almost embracing its flaws. Do I sound like like, like I'm being crazy? No, no not at all. Can and, and tell the people where you're at right now on your stance on I won't Levi's. go. And, I re- and I, why is that? It's it's not because it's a 45-minute drive. I can go drive. I can go in the car, drive down tomorrow. Not a problem. Not in terms of that. Yeah. But my problem is with the Yorks. Yeah. They picked the franchise up. They took them for our city. Yeah, Candlestick was a dump. Yeah, we need a new stadium. But it was our dump. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And I cannot go back to, I can't go to Levi's. I haven't stepped foot in there. I say I won't. Can you go with me? You don't have to. You don't have to commit right now. But I want you to go down there with me. We we'll have to work something. If out. I can go down there, anyone can. And I'll tell you this. I'll be honest with you, man. The 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 older I get, the more. And and also, I think with the Raiders just leaving the market, my perspectives changed a little. Sure. You know, it, does Levi suck? Does Santa Clara suck? Yes, it does. It does. It does. All those things. Check. 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 But at least they're not in L.A. At least they're not in Sacramento. At least they're not in Vegas. And and I know that's easy to say. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt, because it does. But I think the perspective of the Raiders literally picking up and moving to another state. Heartbreaking. It really has. And I felt really bad for Raider fans. I do. Not I only really is do. your team leaving, this jerk-off, Gruden, who you thought was the savior, took a team that he was going to try to win a Super Bowl with, dismantled them in eight weeks. And you're playing Frosty fucking Rucker at the end and Leon Hall as your starting number one cornerback. And Jordy you, Nelson. Did you see the – it was an interview with Gruden and uh, Howie Long were doing an interview and he was kept talking about how he still wants to win in Oakland. Stop, like, stop. Why does he say these things? Curly. He, he said this. He's talked about te- players already hitting him up. Yeah, what players? Charles yeah. Woodson? Who? Bill Romanowski? Guys that have been retired for 15 years? Nobody. He's fucking delusional. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sick of hearing him. That's the thing that kills me with Gruden. Like, if it would be one thing if he just came out and said, hey, you know what, guys? Here's the reality of the situation. We weren't in the greatest financial situation to begin with. The long play, I'm going to be here 10 years. We're going to try to rebuild for Vegas. I'm flatly saying it. I hope you guys can come and support it. It is what it is. Look, I know that he'll never come out and be that blunt and that honest, but that's what it is. Yeah. And you know what? I feel so bad for the Raider but fans. The, oh, I feel so bad. I and, really and, and do. I'm telling you, man, the day I saw Gruden step in the press conference, the day they sat there, that was the biggest thing I said. I was, I wanted them to get a, a Sean McVay type. A new coach, a, you said a, DeFilippo. A, I wanted DeFilippo. That's my guy. Yeah. He's going to be a phenomenal head coach one day. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a young John Gruden. That's why I think of Sean McVay. I yeah. think of him as a young John Gruden. And that's what I want. I think they needed that type. Yeah. I don't think they need John Gruden now, <laughs> 15 years later. A hundred million! Ugh. Curly, is he going to make it to Vegas? I don't think so, man. You think he's going to quit? 
I think, or I don't know if he'll quit. I, Mark has no money. Was he gonna pay him out? I know you can't. Well, the biggest problem is, is like people were asking, well, why aren't you mad about Kyle Shanahan's deal? Because he has six years. But there's that you can see at the light at the end of the tunnel. If it doesn't work, yes, you can. You you have three years. Yes. Okay, we'll eat three years. It's not ideal. Obviously, you don't want to do it, but there's an out. Yes. Butch, this we're not even done with year one. <laughs> I know. There's where websites talk about when is he going to be out. Is Gruden still your coach? Dot com or something like it's that. It's crazy. And there's an actual clock. How much he made since the last time you visited this? What did you make of him running the ball last night? Because I like honestly, I felt bad for Raider fans at halftime. It's a little bit. And then when he ran the ball, it's like, oh my god, it's nothing new. He's been a conservative coach from day one. What was Troy Aikman saying? I don't know how Troy Aikman was really going about it. I was kind of zoning out here and there from because he, Aikman's he, comments. He was a part of a one in fifteen team with he Jimmy was. Johnson. He was and as they, a rookie, and they and they highlighted the Herschel Walker trade. Uh huh. That's they kind of compared that to the Cleo. Yeah, Mack but they field. hit on that Herschel Walker trade. And that's the difference. You go back and you look at Gruden's picks from the Tampa Bay. Ain't looking too bright. No, and that's the problem. You know, so, yeah, you can have the three picks. Like this is why I don't get about tanking. Everyone talks about tanking. Yeah, you can get. They have five first round picks in the next two years. Yeah, awesome. So, a few things can happen. You hit on those. You hit hypothetically, you hit on all five. Well, you're gonna be in the same situation you're in now because you have to resign all five. Yeah, that's a good point. You hit on two of the three, or you, you hit two on the five. Yeah, you're not gonna rebuild off, off hitting those two. And how many picks have they had in the last twenty years? They got two Hall of Famers. Yeah, Charles Woodson, Khalil Mack. Right. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna with one of these picks, you really think you're gonna like. The, the statistics and the probability tells you there's absolutely no fucking way you're going to draft the next you, you had Mack and Carr in the same draft, and you already had this problem. I you're know. You're going to have five first-round <laughs> I picks. know. I know. I don't get it. This is coming from a guy who in Tampa wasn't – his draft class wasn't good. He wanted Johnny Manziel. Yeah. In the draft, it's I, – I go back. I watch the draft shows after the draft is over. Yeah. Get some thoughts on some coaching. It's just some of his takes. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> my man. But my he man. was in the QB room with Johnny Manziel. He uh, wanted to draft Johnny Manziel. He, wa- he was dying for Johnny Manziel. <laughs> it was unreal. I mean, like, let's circle this back to Kyle Shanahan. Because well, Quick question. Yeah. What, what do you, after an embarrassing loss, we usually see fires yes. of some sort. Yeah. What do you do if you're John Gruden? You fire Tom Cable. Because this was an all-pro offensive but line. See, that's the exact thing. Tom Gable was never good. I know, but he's and they the guy back. And he hand. He was terrible in Seattle. I know, I know. And he handpicked uh, the lineman Colton Miller. Colton Miller. He handpicked Colton Miller. He handpicked Tom Cable to be on the staff. So he struck out there. Yes. And then we hear about Paul Gunther and how he brings every blitz in the book. This man has every blitz he's, drawn up. They are the team that blitzes the least in the NFL right now. Who are you going to blitz? That's. According to Gruden's comments, he uh, they didn't get anything back in the trade. Remember this year, <laughs> Bruce Irving played like nine snaps. Uh, you saw him after the game. No, what did he say? You saw his. He was just sitting. He was like a little kid at CYO. Yeah, third, fourth grade. Yeah. When you lose, you sit on the bench. <laughs> just I got a lot of those. I coach the C and D teams. We don't. We don't win many games. It was that. It felt like that kind of feeling. Yeah. And it, I, how did the stadium feel? Did it feel like the players quit early on the Raiders? Oh my God! You could feel it in the about halfway through the second quarter on that on that drive where I think Carr got down past the fifty and then he took a massive sack. It was like boom, game over. Yeah, like on, I could feel it on TV. It came through right away. Oh yeah, and and then in the third quarter, like I said, we marched down. I forget if we scored a field goal or a touchdown, but on the ensuing drive from um, the Raiders when they ran the ball twice to start off that drive, I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" So I don't know. Back, swing this back to Kyle real quick. And this was a big win for Kyle. 
It really was. It Huge really win. was a big win. And I hear the tank people, and we've discussed tanking, you and I. I'm anti-tanking. You want someone trade-up. It's not the NF. It's yeah. not the NBA. You know, Ben Simmons isn't coming out this year who's going to dramatically change your franchise forever. Uh, you need multiple really good players. As of right now, today, is there a specific, not not knowing how free agency is going to play itself out, is there a specific player who's already intriguing you in college that you're looking at? You hear the Nick Bosa's. I don't want uh, Nick Bosa, honestly. I know. I know. He's already hurt. Yeah. You hear, you're hearing the Nick Bosa's of the world. This team needs to address, address pass rush. Is it Ed Oliver? I, I don't know how they're going to do it. But they, this team has absolute needs that they have to address. What about the Arizona State wide receiver? I know people were saying he's, uh, he's slipping to the second round. I mean, if you could get a wide receiver, doesn't that change a lot? That's another draft pick on the line. Because you have to remember, we gave up our seventh-round pick already at the end of training camp, and we lost a fifth-round pick. So we have five draft picks, I believe, so yes. far. And that's when you go free agency, who are we going to lose? Where are we going to get comp well, picks Well, I, I wanted to, to trade for Golden Tate. I thought he would have been a really I nice— I wanted Golden Tate. I thought really he would have been a really nice wide receiver yep. to acquire. He, the guy balls. Yeah. He's always open. He's a gnat. Gets I, in other teams' heads. I'm all for not giving out picks this dra- for this trade deadline. No, I understand that. But I think I need to go all in in free agency. I need to spend some money. I don't know. I'm just we're gonna start to do some some deep draft analysis. But these Love people it. like, oh, we're gonna get. We need the number one pick. You don't. You just yeah. need to make the right selections. That's all. You, there's just make the everywhere. right selections, yep. man. You need to make the right selections. And if there is a guy that pops out at you, I'm okay with you trading future draft capital to move up and get the right guy. Because if yeah. you get the right guy, it's irrelevant what you gave up. Yeah. Right. Do we even question what they gave up for Julio Jones today? No. Do we question what the Bears have given up for Khalil Mack? No. If you get the right guy and you select the right person, Patrick Mahomes, can anyone remember what the Chiefs traded to move up to get Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, first uh, first this year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you think they're regretting that? No. All right, get the right guy. And then look at look at the Browns. They had all the picks from the Julio <laughs> exactly. and, and they hit on one. Not one. Not one. That's a great point. That's a great point. And well, I always go back to the Alex Smith trade. You traded like five picks for Alex Smith. Yeah. None of them hit. None of them worked out. Tank Carradine, Carlos Hyde, like uh, Corey Lemonier, uh, Brandon Thomas, zero. Oh. You got zero out of that. So Brandon Thomas. Remember him? Oh, the left guard. Oh, name. he could play tackle or guard. Uh, honestly, though, Curly, I'm telling you, we got the New York Giants next week. It's a nostalgic matchup because the Giants and the 49ers have a long playoff history. Yeah. We These two teams hate each other. Going back to Parcells. And Belichick against Bill Walsh. I mean, these just a famous matchup. Even younger generations with Kyle Williams. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And and that bastard Eli Manning not taking a sack in that game was just horrible. So I want to beat them. And I know people, oh, five wins are meaningless. You're going to be drafting in the top seven or eight. You took a great player at 10 this year in Mike McGlinchey. You can find talent. You can. And it goes back to what John Lynch said in the first preseason game in Kansas City. Yeah. You have to establish winning with a young team. And did you see him on the sidelines at the game? And then after the game, giving everyone high fives. All right, guys, come on. Let's, yeah. let's start building something. They can do it. I they know. honestly can. It's, they're Dude. a little farther away than we thought. But I think that a good free agency, a good draft class, they can do it. I, I agree. And I'm, I'm believing in Kyle Shanahan much more today than I have in a long time, which is a good thing. Not that I, like, seriously doubted him. He's on the hot seat. It's just you need to see some progress. Sure. Like, we've been talking about progress. you got to see something. You brought up a great point. I'm just going to, before we cut out of here, New England never has a top five pick. Nope. Ever. Nope. The Pittsburgh Steelers never have a top five pick. The Chiefs never have a top five pick. All these teams have found tons of elite, 
Blue chip talent littered all throughout the draft. Diamonds are rough. Gronk in the second round. Edelman in the sixth, right? They get Sonny Michelle, late first round. And then you go to the Chiefs. Hunt, third round. Tyreek Hill, fifth round. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, not even in the top ten, right? What, did they trade up to ten? Ten. Okay. They traded up to ten, right? Two quarterbacks gone before. Not even number one, right? Um, Third quarterback. Kelsey, was he a second rounder, I think, off the top of my head? Second or third rounder? I want to say third. Yes. Again, it's ridiculous. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Second round, right? Yep. Correct. Yep. Uh, Antonio Brown, clearly a six rounder, and that's, you know, the outliers. But my point being is that you can find talent anywhere. Yeah. The great organizations always seem to do it. They always seem to do it. Prove to me you're a great organization. Identify some talent. Pick them in the draft. Move up if you have to. I don't care about future draft capital. Load this team up and then go out in free agency. Get me Earl Thomas. Blow all the money you can in free agency because that's how bad we are. Get me Earl Thomas. Get me Jadavion Clowney. Get me everybody. You know, I want to see a revamped roster with a good slew of young and veteran guys because you're that far away. Yeah. And 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 trust that Kyle can scheme it up. And then defensively, I do think they're going to have to make a decision at the end of the year on Robert Sala. This is the thing with Kyle Shanahan. I love Shanahan. This is the guy I wanted from day one. I really enjoy him. Bring in an extra pair of eyes. I, I, my thing I know. Is bring in an OC. You're, you're Who? 30, Who are you thinking? Rick Dennison. Okay. He's, he's coach with his dad. Okay. Same system. I was like, Where's hey, he at now? Uh, offensive line coach with the Jets. Okay. So he's been in the game. Curly, this is deep diving. I love this. This is this, but I just want another pair of eyes. I love it. And he's just, he's 37 years old. He has, he's a first-time head coach, often, uh, Offensive coordinator, he has a say on the fifty-three man roster. Absolutely, it's it's a lot to take in for a first-time head coach. I know. Bring an extra pair of eyes. You can still be the play caller. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Give him an extra pair of eyes. I, I love that. And the the player over the next couple of weeks that I really want to see take a step forward from the rookie class is Dante Pettis. He looks really yep. skittish. I always have my doubts about Dante. Pettis. I know he looks really, really, really skittish returning the ball the last couple of times. I think ever since he got whacked, I didn't see him line up at receiver a whole lot. Maybe half dozen to a dozen snaps. I need to see him take a step forward. Yep. I really want to see him take a step forward. I'd like to see this this team continue to develop Richie James. He dropped it would have been touchdown oh, right over the middle. Well, I love that screenplay that I they had the for play him. Call. It was right there. I mean, but how about the screen right in. before that? Yep. Um so yeah, continue to develop these guys and and let's let's take that next step forward. Um Curly, I I love that we're doing this. We're going to talk it, man. Uh, we're going to talk again on Monday. Let's do it. I want to talk San Francisco Giants GM search. Please. All right. That would be some fun. Yeah. So me and you, Monday, we'll, we'll drop another one. Uh, tell the people, how can they get a hold of the Butcher Shop podcast, Curly? It's on iTunes. There we go. The Butcher Shop. Search for us. Rate and review. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you guys for tuning in and catch you all next week.